catching you up on the latest stories that you should know heading into this Tuesday morning. I'm Sarah Sowers, and this is The Point from WUFT News. As the death toll due to Hurricane Ian surpasses 100, the lasting impact of this storm on southwest Florida communities becomes evident. I spoke with Fresh Take Florida's Julia Coyne and Jack Prater, who reported from their hometowns this weekend about the devastation that was left behind and the survivors they spoke with. We saw a lot of destruction. Um, the closer you got to the coast, the closer you got to the river, it was just carnage. We saw boats on top of each other. We saw gas and oil and sewage spilling into the waterways. We saw people cleaning up the pieces. That was a big part of it. People were outside after their homes had flooded in the first floor, Fort Myers, near downtown, you know, bringing clothes out, bringing tarnished furniture out just to dry it before the mold kind of set in on their houses, pulling out, pulling out carpet in, in areas that had it worse. And some people we talked to said, you know, the, their hardwood or vinyl floors were, were coming out as soon as they got everything on top of it out first. The smell was something that we couldn't really shake off either. But, you know, people were, were getting in that water to, to salvage what they could from their, their boats. Jack and I, we, we grew up in the area and went to high school together in Fort Myers. And I mean, even just driving in, you know, when we first got off the exit um, on Friday night, I have made that drive. I don't even know how many times and I missed the turn to go into my parents' place. That's how like unrecognizable it was. Even out to Sanibel, you know, that road is closed off probably about a mile out from the causeway because even the road leading up to it was just stripped to ribbons and it's not safe to go out there. It's not safe to be in the water. It's not safe really like anywhere. Can you tell me a little bit more about the people you met while you were reporting and what kind of stories they shared with you? The first person we really spoke to was Crystal Edge, the woman pulling her late mother's boat out of the water, attempting to at least and realizing that it was too far gone, um, but still wanting, you know, that that piece of something to remember her mother by. And you could tell that she was emotional. You could tell she'd been there for a while. Um, she had a little team put together to try and salvage what she could. She really wanted that masked out. You could tell she was not leaving. That was her second day out there. She was she was really open with us, which um, was surprising, but, you know, appreciated, again, just us being from that area and understanding what it looked like before this devastation. That was something that was surprising, but also, you know, a little heartwarming, too, was talking to people and, and, you know, when the first words out of your mouth as a journalist are, you know, how are you holding up? How's it going over here? And then the second thing we say is we are right over there, you know, like we're, we're going through it just like you guys are, though a lot of these people had it much harder than, than Julie and I. While you were there, did you get a sense of what comes next and if this place will ever be the same? Um, it's not going to be the same probably ever, but definitely not for a very long time. There's a lot of cleanup. This was just such a powerful storm and and seeing boats pushed so far up into land and into buildings and piled on top of each other by just the storm surge and the wind. You wonder how like humans can just pick those out and, and put them down. It's gonna take a lot of heavy machinery. Another thing that we heard is just people who watched this storm from their backyards, from their houses, 
said that they had a, just a new appreciation of nature from it, a new fear of, of nature. And they were just like, we're, we're never sticking it out through another storm again. So much of that Sanibel charm and what people, the residents, the tourists alike love about that place is the charm that is there. And we weren't able to get over there um, this time just because you know, they're still trying to dig through the, the rubble of all of that, all of that destruction. They're still getting people out. We s- spoke to a city commissioner who said it's probably safe to say that there are about a thousand people who stayed on the island and they've only gotten a little less than 500 off. So there's still a lot to do, a lot of people to find, whether that's alive or dead. And all of that being said, Will you be revisiting this area, and do you have an idea of what that timeline might look like? Uh, absolutely, and as soon as possible, I think, is, is the answer. Yeah, we might be back within, you know, less than a week. We might try to just go and take long weekends as much as we can to check in on everyone and see how it reports, you know, with events like these, natural disasters like these, everyone flocks to be able to report and see how the people are going there. But, you know, the harsh reality of it is that they're out of there within a weekend, a week, a month. But we know that the recovery is going to be years long. We don't know when this will be out of the news cycle. And honestly, we don't really care. And we're going to keep reporting this as as long as we can. That was reporter Jack Prater and reporter Julia Coyne talking about their experiences visiting their hometowns in southwest Florida post-Hurricane Ian. For their full story and many more, check out wuft.org. Now for today's top headlines. Less than a week after Hurricane Ian slammed into southwest Florida, insurers have reported receiving over 222,000 claims worth more than $1.6 billion in losses. According to Florida Politics, Ian is already more costly than Hurricane Matthew from 2016 and has more claims now than Hurricane Michael in 2018. Lee County Schools does not yet have a plan in place to reopen following Ian. Fort Myers News Press reported on Monday certified building inspectors began assessing each school to determine if they could reopen. In Collier County, the school board announced Saturday schools would reopen for regular operations on Thursday. Florida's Tourism Marketing Agency has paused advertising as it crafts a campaign to offset the negative images from Hurricane Ian. WFSU reports Visit Florida is also delaying the launch of its 2022 Adventure Seekers campaign. The annual campaign, started in 2018, targets travelers seeking less filtered outdoor and nature experiences. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Sarah Sowers, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida.